Welcome along. This is Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. Uh, after Leicester's nil-nil draw with Aston Villa at King Power Stadium on Saturday, uh, it was very much the definition of a nil-nil as well. We'll do our best to assess that game, but we'll uh, mainly be looking ahead to Thursday's huge UEFA Europa Conference League semi-final first leg against Italian giants Roma. Uh, which is uh, promises to be an absolutely brilliant occasion. Uh, Jerry Taggart and Ewan Roberts join us uh, for the next hour or so uh, as we do both of those things. And, and Ewan, I know you're coming, aren't you, on, on Thursday? You're very, very excited for it. Yeah, it's my first trip up to the King Power because of obvious reasons for, well, for many, many months, Dan. Um, and I probably couldn't have picked a bigger and better game, really. You know, it's, it's one of those games. It's, it's a mouth-watering game. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. As soon as I, I was asked if I would be able to come to the King Power to, to work with yourself and Tags and, and Matty, oh, mate, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait because if you can't look forward to these types of games, I mean, a game against Roma is always a big game, but when it's a semi-final of a U- European competition. It just adds so much more to it. I mean, it promises to be a fantastic night. I'm sure you're looking forward to it as well, Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think after the last couple of results, uh, especially, which haven't really, you know, haven't gone the way we would expect them in a couple of the games anyway, then all focus turns to Thursday night and, uh, you know, a massive night of European football at King Power Stadium. Or... Leicester City Stadium, as we'll probably have to call it on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to, to that game with Roma a little bit later, but we do have to talk about Saturday, Jerry. Um, very, very little happened in, in, in the game, in, in truth, in the 90 minutes. Yeah, I, I never saw so often you get that done. You've got a team in Aston Villa who hadn't played for a couple of weeks, you know, and they're scrapping for points. They're trying to, you know, end a, a poor run of form before straight the uh, defeats. Uh, Lesser on the hand coming, you know, right in the middle of this really busy period where they're playing catch up on, on you know, games that were cancelled or postponed, should I say, earlier on in the season. And it, they both just, you know, Leicester just had a block on Saturday, in my opinion. The, the, the conditions didn't help, I have to say. Really blustery conditions. So, you know, I, I never thought any team really got a hold of the ball and really played. You know, any kind of slick passing. Uh, if anything, Villa played the conditions a bit better, especially in the second half where playing balls down the sides for Watkins to run on to. Uh, Leicester persisted, but never really got a grip of the game. And sometimes that just happens, Dan. You know, it was unfortunate, but, you know, I've been involved in many a board draw in my career. So I can understand that, you know, Saturday was just one of those games where, you know, no team was willing to give. Yeah, it's fair to say <coughs> Jerry would have been happier with a nil-nil draw than Ewan uh, during a game in both of your careers, I think, Ewan. Oh, absolutely. A little clean sheet for Tags. He'd have been absolutely chuffed to bits with that. And, and I think that's the positive, Dan. You know, you look at Leicester's home form recently. I think that's their fourth clean sheet in their last nine games, league games in, in the King Power. Um, it was... It was an understandable performance for me from Leicester. You know, two tough away trips. You know, two long, to, you know, one to one to Middle uh, to, to Newcastle on uh, last Sunday. The other to Merseyside on 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 Wednesday. 
Um, should have come back from those two long tips with more points than, than they had. And when you think, you know, Leicester played four games before Villa's last, last league game, you know, that 4 0 d- defeat at home to Spurs. So that's a lot of games, Dan. So no wonder, I, I don't think it was a bad performance. I thought kept the ball well. It, it was just a lack of sharpness in, in the final third by both teams. It was, it was a game of, of, Few clear-cut chances. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, James Madison came close with a couple of free kicks. Um, Dewsbury Hall will be disappointed if it's on his left foot. That chance that he has in the second half, I think he hits the target. Uh, but it was a wayward shot. Let's to, let's say with with his right foot. Um, but even, I, even I that Villa even wasn't. It wasn't really a, a chance. No. It was outside it's the. It's a box. half chance. But, but it's a that, half chance. That, 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 that sums up the game, though, doesn't it? Really. <laughs> That summed up the game. You know, Cash had a couple of saves to make, uh, one off Ollie Watkins, but comfortable saves, one ones that you would expect him to, uh, to 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 keep out. And I was looking, that was the first nil-nil draw in the Premier League at the King Power in 38 games. So it doesn't happen too often, to be fair. I think Brighton were the last team to come to the, to the King Power uh, and get the same result as Saturday. But positives, you know, clean sheet. And great to see Jamie Vardy coming on with what twenty minutes to go. You know, great to have him back. That will that will give everybody a massive lift before Thursday's game. Yeah, we'll talk about Jamie Vardy as well uh, a little bit later on. But you had mentioned the fact that that Villa hadn't played in well, Leicester had had four games since Villa had last played. Jerry, they were half starting to look over their shoulders. We, we were talking, weren't we, before mm. the game about how they weren't out of, of danger yet. So is it kind of understandable the game did go the way that it did go? That They made sure they, they weren't going to lose that game, didn't they? Yeah, I think, so. I think so. You know, I think, you know, we spoke on Saturday, probably Leicester's best chance scoring on Saturday from the way the game was going was from a James Madison free kick. You know, because we know how deadly has been in recent times uh, from, from them dead ball set pieces. So, uh, and the manager's under pressure. You know, the manager, when you lose four games on the bounce in the league, the pressure starts to mount on you as a manager big time. That is normally... OK, Stephen Gerrard, he's in his first season at Aston Villa, but under normal circumstances, you you start losing four games on the bounce. You know, people start whispering upstairs in the director's box, whatever. Uh, because that is one of the telltale signs that, you know, things aren't improving. And you become under extreme pressure as a manager. So uh, a lot of pressure on Stephen Gerrard, a lot of pressure on the players to try and get over the line or to try and not lose a game. And that sort of stops their rot. And, you know, as you said, unless you just lack that cutting edge, that real zip uh, in their game. And, and so... You know, you talk about half, you know, Ewan's talking about Dewsbury Hall's half chance. You know, that, that that's the extent of it. You know, no clear-cut chances, really. Villa were pretty resilient. The recovery runs when the ball was going in behind, I thought were excellent from Cash. Uh, John McGinn, I thought was excellent. Uh, defensively, I'm talking about, not going forward defensively. So, there was a real steeliness to the Villa's game. Uh you know, even Coutinho was tracking back, and he's not known for his tracking back. He's a he's a player that you know Villa would, you know, probably build the team around, and be the one player where you can forgive him for not you know 
you know, getting back on side and making challenges. But it, even he was doing that. So it was a real robust performance from Villa. And unfortunately for Leicester, they just lacked that cutting edge and were unable to, you know, break through the lines. And, and because of what we were speaking about before the game, Jerry, Stephen Gerrard would have been delighted by that aspect of Villa's performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. Any, any kind of result for Stephen Gerrard and Aston Villa on Saturday is a good result. So a nil-nil draw for them. They'll take the same positives that Leicester uh, will take out because they've been leaking lots of goals. So for them to come away from their way, clean sheets, a major plus for them. And, and in fairness, you know, they did cause Leicester, as you said, they hit the target. I think Leicester had more shots than them, but I think they might have more shots in target. I'm not quite sure about that. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's positives. Not many positives for both teams to take out of that game on Saturday because for Villa, it stops the rot. They kept the clean sheet. For Leicester, OK, they didn't get on the score sheet. Jamie Vardy's back on the pitch. Big, big boost uh, moving forward to the end of the season. But, again, didn't concede a goal and especially didn't concede later on in the game, which I have done in the last two. Yeah, I was literally just about to bring that up, actually, you and the fact that they can take confidence from that fact. And I, and I know it, it might seem silly to say that, but because of what had happened in the last two games, to make sure they held firm at the end is definitely a positive. I think it's always... I mean, you learn things when you win games, Dan, and I think it's vitally important that you, you, you win or you learn things when, when you lose games and you take things even though you've lost those games. I mean, ever so unlucky up at Newcastle. You know, really unlucky. Look at Ricochet and it, it lands at the lad's feet and he, and he finishes it. I'm not seeing the goal at, at Everton. But when players get tired, and because of all the games that Leicester have had to play in, in the last few weeks, you get tired bodies and then that's when players sort of switch off. Um, they make mistakes. And, and you know, there, there are reasons for it. But that, that was the good thing. And I think Brendan said, uh, I heard his interview after the game against... Uh, and it's something that I think we all sort of believe in. If you're going into the last five, ten minutes of a game and it's nip and tuck, there's not a lot to choose between the two teams. Chances are few and far between. No one looks like winning it. I think you make sure that... You, if you can't win it, you make sure you don't lose it. You don't, you don't th- throw caution to the wind and, and, and you know, send bodies forward willy-nilly. And, and leave yourself exposed and maybe get punished on a, on a, on a, on a counter-attack. So, and it never looked as if either side were going to win that yesterday. I mean, neither side did anywhere near enough to win it. Uh, but yeah, you, you have to learn. And I think Leicester did after those, oh, after the cruel way they lost up at Newcastle and after the cruel, cruel way they drew up at Goodison Park on Wednesday. Uh, what what are the positives you and when, can Leicester take into that? I mean, obviously we've got half an hour, haven't we? On Thursday, a few changes were made. There were still important minutes for important players, though. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, uh, and it, you know it was a it was a strong looking starting eleven. You know, the, the back four you know looked strong. You know, Justin on the right, Castagne on the left. You know, great to see Favana getting minutes once again. Another partner for him. In Soyuncu, the clean sheet for 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 for, for those two, um, and I just think the importance of getting Jamie Vardy back for the last like what seven eight games of the season. We weren't sure if he was going to make it with this knee injury that that he has, because the older you get, the the longer it takes for you to recover, and and and, and one thing or another. So it was great to see him come back, and not just 
on the pitch but off the pitch you know his, his influence in and around the training area in, in and around the, 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 the changing room at, 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 at the new training facility um, it's going to be vitally important it's going to be vitally important because you know we're going on about a tough week last week it's going to be a tough week this week as well you know with this huge game on the on Thursday and the, and the trip to Spurs on, on Sunday. Uh, and, and that's the problem that Leicester have got now because of, of so many games being cancelled during the season because of COVID, uh, COVID issues. Um, when, when you look at the game, obviously, Joe, we, we spoke about Dewsbury Hall's half chance being a, a, a talking point, kind of summing the game up. Jamie Vardy coming onto the pitch was the loudest cheer of the afternoon as, as well. Yeah. In our stadium. Yeah, and I think, you know, that will help the team on Thursday if he starts or if he comes off the bench again. You know, the, just the lift. that You can feel the atmosphere change within the stadium when Jamie came onto the pitch. As you say, everybody was on their feet. Uh, <clears throat> a round of applause. So, yeah, it's a major boost. It's a major boost. And, and the players will feel that as well. The players will understand that and feel that. Uh, that they've got you know, a genuine top-class striker on the pitch. The Roma players will, will will feel it if he starts. They'll know about it if he starts or comes off the bench. And I'm sure that, you know, Jose Mourinho will make sure that his defenders in particular are, you know, well-versed in Jamie's strengths. Whether or not they're going to be able to cope with that come Thursday night, we'll have to wait and see how, how it all pans out. But definitely... You know, from a personal point of view, you have to say it's a big, big boost for the club. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what will it do, like you said, Joey, not just for the, the Leicester players, the Leicester fans, everyone involved at Leicester, but for Roma, like you said, that they, they will have been made aware that Jamie Vardy came off the bench at the weekend yeah. and he is back because they were probably thinking, hopefully his injury, you know, will keep him out of this tie. Yeah, without a doubt, it puts a fair guard in you. Simple as that, when you know a top-class striker's are starting or he's on the subs bench and you know that he's going to be coming on at some point so as I say it's not <clears throat> looking back from experience again when you knew that a team's top striker was out it was you know you were genuinely pleased about that so there's no getting away from it it just isn't especially as a as a defender you want the opposition's best players who invariably play at the top of the pitch you want them out of the team. And unfortunately for Roma, that is not the case. So, and you can see Brendan Rodgers, no hesitation in throwing him on, getting him his 20 minutes or so. And that sort of, in itself, tells you a little story. Jimmy doesn't have to be 100% fit. He'll have gone through all the training uh, requirements to get to the stage he's at now. But experience uh, will take over on Thursday night for Vardy. You know, he doesn't have to be 100% hit the ground running, fit. He just needs to be fit enough to be able to run around and do what he does best, which is obviously put the ball in the back of the net. Do you think because he had that 20 minutes for you and he'll start on Thursday or is that still too soon for him? Um, oh, what a good question that is, Dan. Um, huge game. I mean, he's been out since what the beginning of March. Um, and once again, I was listening to Brendan um, after the game and the question was asked and, and they were going to have to assess how Jamie feels after that 20-minute period where, where when he came on on, on Saturday. 
Um, they're going to have to manage him. He'll manage himself because there's no one knows Jamie Vardy's body better and what he needs to be fully focused and fully fit to start a game um, than Jamie Vardy. So I'm, I'm sure they will sit down, they will discuss things. I just don't know, is it a bit too early in such a big game to start him? Maybe it is, but you know what? I would not be surprised because if you look at the players that have come back in recent weeks, Favana, you know, Brendan took his time with him. Johnny Evans, Brendan took his time, but had no hesitation, no second thought of, of throwing them in because he knew they were fine. They will have been looked after. Um, all the, well, what's the word I'm looking for when you're coming back from injury? And, you know, all the... Rehab. Uh, re, all the rehab will have, will have been done. They will know if, if, if they're capable. It might not last 90 minutes, but he might be able to give you 60, 65, 70. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised on such a big night at the, at the King Power if, uh, if Jamie Vardy starts. I thought you were sitting on the fence there, Ewan, but you gave an answer. You, <laughs> yeah. you think that he will start. Jerry, In the you, end. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you agree? Yeah, I think I'll have no hesitation. I think that was a little sweetener for Jamie. I think he's right, he'll not last the 90 minutes, but I think a 75, 80% fit Jimmy Vardy starting gives the whole place a lift, gets the players excited, uh, puts the, so that, that atmosphere that, you'll, that we'll all feel in the stadium will project itself onto the pitch and onto the Roma players. Uh, so just his presence, his kudos around the players will help will we'll play into Leicester's hands and not Roma's hands. So however long he stays on the pitch, for that period of time, uh, you, you, you can suggest that the opposition will not be in a comfortable place. And that is the best scenario at this moment in time that Brendan has. And he has to play on that. He has to capture that. And he has to run with it. That obviously, you mentioned Jose Mourinho. He'll know all about Jamie Vardy. So will Chris Smalling uh, as well in, in, in the back line for Roma. He was in the team that played against Leicester in, for Manchester United when Jamie Vardy scored his record-breaking 11th consecutive goal in, in the Premier League. So, obviously, Smalling, Mourinho, they'll be passing details on to the rest of the team, won't they, Jerry? about Jamie Vardy and about the threat that he can pose. Yeah, but without a doubt, Dan, you know, that'll be, you know... I, I'm not saying it'll be his number one priority, but it would be a big priority for for Mourinho if Jamie Vardy or Starcher comes off the bench, you know. And 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 as you say, Chris Smalling, he, he's carved a, a good career out in Italy for himself by the looks of it. Uh, when he had his he had his struggles at Manchester United, and, and as you say, he's obviously played against Jamie on occasions and come off second best. Uh, so, yeah, if they're not well-versed in what his strengths are, then, as I say, even a 75-80% Jamie Vardy is going to cause problems. It won't be run around as much as he does, but it's all about when he runs and where he runs rather yeah. than how much he runs. And that's the bit about Jamie Vardy's game that has continually improved over his career. And it's a bit about his game that defenders continually struggle to come to terms with. And that's why at any given moment, he, he can pounce and he can, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. 
because he's got that wealth of football experience and game management. And of course, Roman play with a back three, you and we know that they have done all season under Jose Mourinho. So Vardy may expect that, that he won't see much of the ball. Is that is that fair if he does start on Thursday? You know what, Dan? I think that that's something that Jamie's used to. And I think we've spoken about this before. And, and I love this fact about him that he plays it there on his own. He doesn't get a touch of the ball for long periods. He makes great runs. He makes great runs. And, and sometimes he, the, the ball doesn't go in for those runs that he makes. But never does he get frustrated. Doesn't get frustrated with himself. Doesn't forget that get frustrated with his teammates. He just carries on doing those runs. And I think that's hard. That's hard as a centre forward when you're up there on your own and you're, you're isolated. You're not getting a touch. Sometimes you've got two, sometimes you've got three defenders, as probably he will have on if he starts on, on, on Thursday night. But he never lets that get to him. He never lets that affect his performances. And he keeps switched on. doesn't matter if he hasn't touched the ball for 15, 20 minutes, because he knows he's got to make himself sure that he's, once that chance comes, once that ball is played through, there's, he's onto it in a flash. And, and nine times out of ten. He, uh, he puts it in the back of the net. I mean, you mentioned Chris Smalling. I mean, they've got the former Wolves keeper, they? Patricio in goal. And I'm sure Jamie would have put a few past him in, in his time as Wolves number one. So they'll know about Jamie Vardy. You know, you, we've mentioned a couple of players. Their whole team will know about Jamie Vardy. You know, the goals that he scored at, at, at all, all levels, at international level, at Premier League level. They'll, they, they won't, they, there'll be no element of surprise for them if Jamie Vardy starts on, uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I'm just thinking off the, the top of my head, Jerry. Wolves, Jamie Vardy certainly scored a penalty past Patricio. I think Patricio also saved one uh, in the same game um, between the two. And you never know, dare I say, it, if it goes to penalties next week, that, <laughs> then that might play a part. Well, I can't go to penalties down, can it? Next week. Oh, you mean next week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, okay. Not this week. Next week, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what an end to a night that would be, eh? Going through on penalties. Vardy scoring the winner. <laughs> Away in yeah, listen, I say, you know, the, the, as you said, you know, there's a few players in that Roma team that know, that will know what they expect from Leicester City. But there's a lot of players in the Roma team that won't know. And sometimes you can be given all the information in the world to try and stop the opposition. But when you actually get out on the pitch and see people moving and see what you're actually having to deal with, it's a different story. And I think that's the important thing for Leicester on Thursday night, is that, is that unlike Saturday, that they try and become very fluid, very fluent in the play. Because if they are, then Roma will, will struggle, even though they're a, they're a well-drilled team. They'll be well-organised. They'll play the Jose Mourinho way. They'll sit back. They'll soak the pressure up. They'll try and hit Leicester on the counter-attack. I think they'll play a 3-4-3. Uh, three, three. Uh, so you can see that they're going to be pretty resolute with a back seven and maybe the two wider players even coming back. So it's down to Leicester then to become fluid and fluent in their play if they're going to break down the you know, the, uh, sorry, the Roma back line. It goes without saying that, you know, Mourinho isn't going to change his, his tactics. He can change his formations, but he ain't going to change his overall tactics of sitting back, soaking up pressure and hitting on the counter-attack. 
Yeah, you and I asked both Jerry and Matt at the weekend if, if they thought that maybe Brendan Rodgers would change his system on, on Thursday, coming up against Roma, who always play with a back three. Will, will he look to match them up, or is that overthinking it? Will, will Brendan stick with what he knows and, and what's worked for him this season? Dan, I don't think it's overthinking it at all, because Brendan has showed over the last couple of seasons that he, he doesn't mind change. I think it's something that, that they work hard on in, in training, a change of, of system either to start a game or halfway through a game if things aren't going quite right. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that he'll change formation for this game on Thursday. I just look at the way Leicester played, especially in that second half against PSV, um, and they were outstanding, absolutely outstanding with, with the 4-2-3-1 the, the, the formation and, and I, th- I think just because they got so much joy against a very good side who a few days later on went and beat Ajax in the Dutch Cup final and I think I think he probably he might just keep the same same system and same shape but the good thing is I mean you you look at the bench yeah, um, on Saturday I mean it was a, it was a strong starting then but then you look at the the options you've got to come off the bench it just goes to show that for the first time probably this season Brendan's got the riches of, of, of nearly all his squad. Well, probably all his squad fit, all his squad fit now with Vardy being available. Uh, I'm going to keep giving you all the tough questions uh, this morning, Ewan. Who goes into it favourites, do you think? Leicester or Roma to, to qualify for the final? Oh, um, oh what quite, uh, Do you know what? I, I think the winner of the, of the competition comes from this time. I really do. And we, we've said it from the early stages that Leicester are more than capable of, of winning this competition. It's going to be a hell of a two, two games. I mean, that is for sure. And I totally, I totally agree with what you two have said. Um, Jose will come. He'll try and shut up shop. He'll try and hit on the counter-attack. I mean, he tried to do that in the first leg against Bodo Glynn, but they, they let one in. But I think he'd have been more than happy with, with going back to, to, to Rome with just that one goal deficit. To, to I think Leicester are a better side. I think they've got more pace, more youthfulness in, in, in their team. Um, and I think even though they lost at Newcastle, Leicester are in good form. You know, what was it now? One, one especially at home, Dan. Especially at home, you know, was it one defeat in 15, 15 in all competitions at the King Power? It's not an easy place to come and, and get a result. The second leg will be, and I'm so envious of you boys, I'm sure you're going over to, to Rome. I am so envious, I tell you. Um, over the two legs, I do fancy Leicester. I do fancy Leicester. I, I just look at that performance against PSV, and I think, yeah, I was disappointed with the, the nil nil at, at the King Power, and I thought. They had the advantage and to then concede a goal, go, go a goal behind. But to show the spirit and the character to come back in a tough place and the quality of both goals to go on and win the game, I just think that gives, I think that gives Leicester so much confidence going into, into this game on Thursday. I, I assume that they learned an awful lot from that, Jerry, and from the, the game with Wren, or the tie in general with, with Wren. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the what would that be the last sixteen as well? So they've 
they've they've won it in almost different ways each of the ties so far. Randers was was relatively comfortable. Ren they had the lead. They had to then hold on. PSV they did the opposite. They had to come from behind. Yeah, they'll learn a lot. They'll gain a lot of confidence from those two games in particular, the two away legs against Ren and PS PSV. Uh, and it's all about being resilient, especially in the in the away leg. It's all about, you know, at the home leg, yes, you, you're going to have to somewhat carry the game, but you've got to make sure that you're organised at the back when, when the ball spits up. But the away leg in particular, you're expecting Roma. Depending on the result, the king power, that's probably where the second leg, when you play the second leg at home, uh, the home team have a slight advantage for me because tactically... Uh, you have. I'm not saying you have. A, you have more, both teams tactically will know how to set up, but tactically, if Leicester can come out of here with at least a draw at home, possibly a win, then obviously that favours them. But Jose Mourinho at home in Rome tactically will know exactly what he's got to do, exactly the same as what he had to do against uh, the Norwegian team uh, in the last in the last round. I'm not going to try and pronounce her name with my Irish accent. <laughs> but, uh, so they're going to have to withstand some pressure. You know, what you don't want to happen is Roma come to King Power, nick a goal, possibly two, and then Lesser have to go to Rome and break down a Jose Mourinho brick wall. Because then, you, you know, you're in for a long, long night, no matter what. The way you want it is it that spinning on its head. Leicester being resilient. We've seen what they did against PSV uh, in that second half. The way Brendan utilised the substitutes. Obviously, the substitutes have to come on and produce the goods, and both of them did in, uh, you know, Luckman and Perez. And so he'll be looking for that, that same kind of performance from the substitutes if it doesn't go the same way. So it, it all makes for a, a really fascinating time. Uh, but taking the confidence out of those two games, like we said, against Ren and PS3, but put them in good stead, going to Rome, going to a packed Rome stadium, you know, soaking up the atmosphere, the hostility of the atmosphere that's going to be there in Rome, dealing with it, and hopefully coming out the other side. We know that Roma obviously have massive European pedigree, don't they, you and as well, Jose Mourinho himself, he does, he's won, well, the Champions League on, on a couple of occasions, yeah. so he he knows what he's doing in, in these ties. Leicester City, on the other hand, don't have as much experience, do they, of that? No, it is Leicester's first European semi-final. Um, I just think they've got, a, even though it's it's a relatively young young team, young squad, they've got a, they've got a wealth of experience. Uh, maybe not at European level, but Premier League level. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be key in, in these two legs. You, you look at the two, two head coaches, they both love winning silverware. Doesn't matter what competition it is. Uh, Jose is a serial winner. So is Brendan. You know, won the FA Cup for the first time in the club's history last season. You know, he, he won everything that there was to be won up north of the border with, with Celtic. I think 
they're two head coaches that get on. I think Brendan started his coaching career uh, at Chelsea when Jose was the head coach. I think Brendan was working with with uh, the the reserves at the time uh, at Chelsea. I think I think Brendan's got so much respect. I think they they've both got so much respect for each other, which you don't get a lot of of, of, of that sort of thing these days. I mean, Jose cost. Brendan and Liverpool the title in 2014 when they went up to Anfield and won 2-0 had Liverpool won that game they would have picked Man City to, to, to the league and, and you know Brendan might still have been at Anfield had he won the league back then you know we just don't know um, they're both serial winners and even though it's the probably the lesser of the European competitions lesser of the three they're both desperate to win it yeah, and, and it's been shown really, hasn't it, Leicester's desperation in a way to win the competition with the, the teams that Brendan Rodgers has been playing in the Premier League, either straight after Europe or just before Europe. Yeah, well, you know, it's a way back in. You win this tournaments way back into the Europa League and it's pretty clear that that's probably not going to happen via the league. So you have to prioritise as a manager. And as Ewan has already said, it doesn't matter what competition, you know, Brendan goes in for, he wants to win it. Uh, and it, and the players want to win it. You know, I was speaking to some of the players after the game against PSV out in Eindhoven, and they were absolutely cock-a-hoop with the result. You know, so they, the players are fully aware of, of the chance that they've given themselves and, and hopefully, you know, they, they can take it with both hands because... I mean, they they were <laughs> they were pretty special moments after the game, you know, you know, talking to the players who were obviously cock a hoop were winning that game, and that will be exactly the same drive and motivation going into, you know, this two-legged semi-final. They will know exactly what's the carrot at the end of the stick, so they will be giving their all, and Brendan will obviously be prioritising this this tournament. Uh, Leicester had a. Well, the the nil nil was fairly, you know, n- nothing too big happened in it. You and we've spoken about that against Aston Villa. Hopefully, Touchwood. There was no injuries that came out of it. Yeah, For Roma, yeah. though, they had a really tough game away at Inter, didn't they? In the San Siro, they lost three one. They were three nil down with about five minutes to go as well in in that game. So they've had very very different weekends, I think, in in the build up to this game. Yeah, they have. Um... There wasn't too many players that, that were rested for that game. I mean, the, the young lad who scored a hat-trick against Odo Glimp, um, as an Elo, he, he didn't start that game. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mancini started Smalling, Ibanez, the, the Brazilian centre-half, Oliveira, who's on loan from Porto, Mkhitaryan started, Pellegrini, their main man, El Shawari started, Tabby Abraham, who's got eight goals in... 11 European games. They, so it was a strong starting 11. And they have to because, I mean, they conceded three goals in 22 minutes as well, Dan. They've got the worst defensive record of that top five. You know, they're not going to finish. They need a little miracle to finish in, in, in the top five now. What are they? I mean, they're, they're, they're fifth. They're five points behind Juventus with just four games to go. And away from home, they've not been great. I mean, I don't think they've won in their last... Three um, away from home, they've won once in their last five attempts. They've nearly lost half their away games in all competitions this season. They've lost ten of their twenty-four away games. So that tells you something. They're, they're, they're not the best team when they're on their travels. 
but they're not bad at home, to be fair. They're not bad at home. But that's why I would expect Leicester to go to the second leg a week on Thursday in the Olympic Stadium. Capacity crowd, unbelievable atmosphere with an advantage. Yeah, Jose Mourinho said after the game, Jerry, against Inter Milan that to beat Inter, who are obviously, you know, doing really, really well in, in mm. are if they win their game in hand, they go top, that if you need to beat them, you've got to be perfect. And he said his team were good, but they weren't perfect. And then he was looking ahead to the game with Leicester and said, it'll be so tough. They, they were his words. And, and, and he's clearly expecting it to be a really, really difficult evening on Thursday. Yeah, I think Ian's right. You know, I think Leicester ideally would, would go into the second leg with a win. Uh, you know, you've seen what happened at Rennes where the, the backs against the wall. It would be pretty similar to that. I think PSV was a little bit different uh, in the way the game panned out. But Rennes obviously were piling the pressure on. Leicester were clinging on uh, and got through the tie. And so hopefully you're thinking, well, if we can repeat that, Leicester will be happy to go to Roma and hang on. You know, because Ewan says the form at home is really good. Brendan will understand that. He'll also understand that their away form is pretty average, to say the least. And so it's vitally important to go into that second leg with a win because then it's even... I, I did say a, a draw would be... Uh, a half-decent result for Leicester on Thursday night. Ewan's mentioned before in the programme that, you know, Roma aren't a young team, whereas Leicester have, have got, you know, young legs to, and they've also got a decent amount of European experience now. You know, with these two tough away legs in Rennes and in PSV, and you're hoping that somehow that could carry them through. But it goes about saying, when, you, when you're playing the home leg first, if you can get that second leg with a one or two goal advantage, then you've done literally everything you can. None of these game, games are going to be won by four or five goals by other team. Go, it's going to be tight till the very end. That's the way you've got to look at it. Even if Leicester do get a result, you're thinking, OK, it might be 1-0, it might be 2-1. Best case scenario, a 2-0 advantage. But you were seeing with Roma, you know, they came back from Bodo Glimp with beaten but in the in the home leg they turned them over 4-0 so that's the capabilities that they have got uh, and that's what Brendan will have to adjust for you know com coming into this home leg on Thursday night you can quite easily see it going all the way next week you into to extra time potentially to penalties that's how tight this tie will, will potentially be it looked as if it would against PSV obviously until Ricardo stepped up with about three minutes to play, so a repeat of that would be would be incredible. Obviously, in Italy. oh, I, I, I don't think the nerves could handle it. Dan. I really don't. Um, I just think I look at the path that Leicester have taken to the semi final, and they've had two incredibly tough games against two top top teams, two teams who have got loads of attacking flair, scored plenty of goals in Ren and and PSV. And they'll overcome those challenges. And I, and I think to, to go to Rennes, as they did, concede that early goal, but regrouped, stuck together, got back into the game. Yeah, conceded that, that second with, with 15 minutes ago, but then just to defend for their lives like they did. 
to get through the tie. I, I think you can take so much confidence, into, which they did. And to go to PSV, um, and that second half performance was absolutely top class. And, and Tags is right with the the changes that were made and the the, the subs who came on, the big impact that to go to go to, to get through two legs against two top teams. I think I think that puts Leicester psychologically in a really really good place. Yeah, we'll have all the build-up, of course, on LCFC TV on Thursday for that massive uh, semi-final uh, in a European competition. The first time that's ever happened in Leicester's history. Uh, it is a 8 o'clock kickoff, of course, Thursday. So we'll be starting from 7. So do join us for that. You and Roberts, very excited uh, to be coming up to King Power Stadium for that one. Uh, right, we always ask our guests to, uh, to pick a result that caught their eye at the weekend. Uh, you and Roberts, uh, you, can, uh, you can kick us off. Um, can I pick two, Dan? Of course you can. I, I'm going to pick, obviously, yesterday's Merseyside derby. Um, I mean, after seeing Man City mm-hmm. batter Watford um, on, on Saturday, the pressure was on Liverpool. Uh, first half, not as good as what they were against Manu in midweek. But they got the job done. Three points, keeps that title sort of race going, if you like. And the other one, Burnley won Wolves nil. I mean... You know, I think there was loads, the majority of us rose our eyebrows on Good Friday when uh, when we heard that Bernard sacked Sean Dice and I, I thought then, well, that's them down. But to react the way they've done and taken seven points from the three games since Dice has, has left his job, you know, it's been a, you know, Matt Jackson's done a, and uh, Ben Mee, to be fair, have, have done an incredible job of lifting that dressing room and giving them a great chance of staying up now. Do you think they will? I think they will. I think they're just a, a tough, dogged team who just knows what it takes to, to stay in that division. And if you look at Everton, I mean, Everton, I, I thought they, they defended well yesterday, but if you look at their away form, I think they've lost eight on the spin away from home. And they've got to come to the King Power as well. Let's not forget that. And, you know, Leicester hopefully can um, sort of get revenge on what happened last week with that late Richarlison goal. I think Everton are banging trouble, I do. Uh, Jerry, what, what about you? What, what did, caught your eye this weekend? Well, you and somewhat stole my thunder. You said pick <laughs> a team and he picked two and he picked my one. That was Burnley. I mean, it's quite incredible, the job yeah. that Jackson's done since he's come in. Uh, seemingly down, seemingly no way out of the, the mire. And yes, Everton just sort of huffing and puffing at the minute, but He's turned it completely around. I mean, the fine form from absolutely nowhere. Uh, it's obviously the change of direction from the manager, uh, the, the personality of the manager now compared to Sean Dyche, that worked an absolute treat on the players. Uh, the only other result I can sort of pick out was the Arsenal one against Manchester United. You know, the return of uh, you know Cristiano Ronaldo after what's happened. Uh, him scoring a goal as well, uh, but still Man United, you know, with sixes and sevens, you have to say. So, yeah, that's probably the two results that are the two games that I, I looked at and thought, well, good to see Ronaldo back, obviously, and, and Burnley, you know, because it's been a, a hell of a turnaround for them. Yeah, that, that Manchester United Arsenal game was on Jerry while we were doing Match Day Live, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, was, it was an absorbing game to, to sort of have half an eye on. 
Yeah, you know, you talk about Ronaldo's goal and him being back on the pitch. And then when you're watching the game, uh, man, you get a penalty, a 2-1. Potentially, you know, should, probably should have made it 2-2. Cristiano Ronaldo was on the pitch. He's a penalty taker. Bruno Fernandes, he's a penalty taker. Fernandes steps up to take the penalty. He gets the nod and, and hits the post. So then you're thinking, I wonder what would have happened if Ronaldo had taken that penalty. So they're all the uh, buts and maybes. And then Arsenal would go on and score an absolute screamer with, with Xhaka, you know, to finish the game off. So, no, big. it was a big, it was an emotional game, uh, obviously, for, for the reasons I've just mentioned. But, you know, in the end, you know, Manchester United defensively, uh, Harry Maguire not playing in the Manchester United team, so... A lot of speculation, a lot of talking points surrounding that game. But yet again, Manchester United coming up short. Uh, I assume you and you obviously, oh, you said you were at Bramall Lane, weren't you? So you probably didn't get to see much of that, did you, the, the Manchester United game? But in terms of, of I think, entertainment, it was probably the, the most entertaining game of the weekend. I mean, two teams ch- chasing that, that fourth place, um, which would sort of give them Champions League football. Um, and Arsenal, I think they were on the back of two defeats as well, weren't they? I mean, I, I know they'd lost to Brighton at home. Mm. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. And was it Southampton? So, you know, they sort of hit the rails a little bit. But uh, I think if you're on a team now in bad form, you want to play Manchester United. I mean, they're all over the shop. And yeah, they've, they've appointed Ten Hag. I, I just think he's got a massive job. I look at that squad and I'm, I'm like... And they've spent millions on it, but I think they need to they need to spend as much, if not more, to get that that squad of players, that team, you know, that Manchester United football club back to where it was because they are a million miles away from from Man City and Liverpool. Uh, right, let's finish uh, extra time with our football jenga as we always do. Uh, you and Roberts, after a poor start to this season, has uh, certainly come on and, uh, and been winning pretty much every week. So good luck to Jerry today. Right, uh, with Thursday's massive European semi final, I thought I'd throw it back to 2017 and a massive European quarter final. Uh, Leicester played Atletico Madrid, of course, at uh, King Power Stadium in that quarter final. Unfortunately, it ended in defeat, but a very valiant. Uh, defeat for Leicester City. So, I want you to name uh, anyone that was in either of the two squads. So, starting 11 or the subs that evening um, when Atletico went through uh, on aggregate against Leicester City. Uh, and Ewan, you can uh, you can kick us off, please. <laughs> Jamie Vardy. Casper Schmeichel. Uh, uh, Wes Morgan. Robert Hoof. Christian Fuchs. I'm afraid, I'm afraid not that Hoof wasn't. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, well, unfortunately, that that's it, really. Unless unless <laughs> someone wants to be generous and let Jerry. Go on, I'll, no, I'll, I mean, I'll give him. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take the defeat. It's my own fault. I'll, I'll give a chance. I'll give a chance. Go on, Jerry. Have one more go. Go on. More so, ball, Brighton. Christian Fuchs. Danny Drinkwater. Griezmann. 
Vincent Abora. I'm afraid not. No, <laughs> I'm afraid not, Jerry. I think he was at Sevilla. Um, but unfortunately, that that is that is it. We're not giving you another chance, Jerry. No, I don't want another chance. No, you and Swan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> one, one in the first place. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, I'll very quickly run through the list in alphabetical order. There was Dan Amati, Ben Luan, he, he started at centre half. Ben Luan, yeah. Yeah, uh, Carrasco for Atletico, Ben Chilwell came off the bench. Uh, Correa, Felipe Luiz, Gavi, Gaitan, Gamero, Jimenez, Godin, Damari Gray, Hernandez, Wanfran, Andy King, Koke, Mares, uh, Moya, Musa, Indidi, Oblak, uh, Okazaki, Party, Sol. Uh, Savage, Danny Simpson, Torres, Joa, and uh, and Zila as well. The last yeah, season. I wouldn't have won it. I wouldn't have won that. I'd have gone you'd have had a chance. You'd have yeah, had a chance, time to tell you. You're acting, but you're struggling. What struggling badly? Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Uh, anyway, well, it's another win for, for you and uh, uh, well, thank you very much to, to the two of you. Um, you'll both, of course, be with us uh, on Thursday uh, for that massive. European semi-final. We're all really looking forward to it. Please do join us uh, on Thursday from 7 o'clock on LCFC TV. Uh, you and Safe Travels up uh, when you come Thanks, up. Thanks, boys. Jerry, Safe Travels down when you See come you. Down. See you uh, Thursday. Thank you both. And thank you, everyone, for, for watching and listening as well.